Welcome, baseball fans. It is time once again for the Running the Bases podcast. Coach Bounds is out on assignment. It is with great pleasure that we welcome in Chris Easter to the show. Chris, what's up, man? Hey, Tucker. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on the show. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, this is uh, this is long overdue. You and I, we've been friends for how long now? You know, was, uh, it's 14 years, I believe, back to uh, freshman year at, at Webster. So, which I, 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 I that came up the other day, and it it really caught me off guard that it had it had been that long. So we're we're uh, we're talking uh, we're talking a little while now. Yeah, like uh, uh, we're like old and stuff. So, <laughs> Chris, you're one of the best baseball fans I know. You've been one of my favorite individuals to call a friend for years. So it's like almost criminal that we haven't been on that you haven't been on the podcast. But that's all changing today. So, um, where are you at in the world right now? What do you do? Tell the good people about yourself. I am in uh, beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. Uh, just moved here from L.A. So um, it is uh, somewhat of a culture shock to be uh, back in the Midwest. I grew up in uh, the St. Louis area, so um, spent spent about eight years in L.A. and now back in the Midwest. So I'm back in the baseball power country, uh, as they're saying. So, Boy, um, howdy. <laughs> that is no lie. Yeah, and you are the founder and owner of themanregistry.com, a fantastic, very successful website for all the grooms out there that are looking for a male oriented uh wedding registry is that the right description for it yeah definitely yeah i'm uh, i'm one of the co-founders of the site we've been online uh going on eight years uh which will be ne- next year will be our eight year uh, anniversary and we uh you know we we're all things for men who are um, not only getting married but but also just uh, a lifestyle um you know content and, and tips for guys in general so and our our core focus is personalized gifts so if you've got you know a wedding coming up you're going to if you got to give out gifts to your groomsmen uh father's day holidays you know that the the whole gamut of uh anytime you need a gift for guy guys are guys are somewhat tough to to shop for so we try to incorporate some unique items on the site and um you know provide some valuable content while we're at it yeah you're also a published author tell us about the book that you wrote a few years ago yeah we wrote um uh, our, our company was uh, lucky enough to be um, recognized as one of the leaders in the in the groom slash wedding you know slash uh, bridal industry. Uh, and from a guy's perspective, there's not a lot of books out there. Uh, and we were lucky enough to be uh, approached by a, a major publisher, and we um, came out with a, a book that's a step by step guide uh, to uh, how to pop the question, how to plan the wedding, you know, how to do the bachelor party, how to buy gifts, all that sort of anything a guy needs to go to and needs to know to get married, uh, is in the book. So it's an extension of our, our website, um, in inconvenient book form, inconvenient book form. Very nice. (laughs) And, and where, where might one find this book? It's on, uh, it's Penguin Publishing. I know that, um, is it downloadable on Amazon, on the Kindle, on the Nook, find it in a Barnes and Noble. Yep. You can get it at Barnes and Noble, Nook, Kindle, um, iPad, uh, any anywhere um, you know, anywhere uh, you can download a book. It should be on there. Um, you know, I know um, 
if you go on Amazon, there's there's quite a few uh, copies available on there for the holidays, so they're stocked up for that. So hopefully we're going to sell through those. It's a popular time of year for uh, for folks to be getting engaged. So uh, right. this is kind of our uh, going into our busy season, so engagement season. If you haven't uh, seen all the commercials, it uh, it really <laughs> is a, a real thing. <laughs> right, yeah. And I'm hey. shocked to be working in this industry. Um, I, I wouldn't have <laughs> put myself here uh, 14 years ago when we met. I, uh, But you know, funny, uh, life takes you down some uh, interesting paths. Yeah. And yet here we are. So, so let's get right to it. I of course grew up here in Atlanta, Georgia, where running the bases is based. Um, and as fate would have it, I wanted to go to St. Louis to go to Webster university, whereupon I met you good sir. Um, so you grew up in a, uh, small town in Southern Illinois, just across the river from St. Louis, um, Freeburg, uh, shout out to Freeburg, Illinois. Yeah. Got to be one of the few times Freeburg has been referenced uh, in, uh, in a, in a baseball podcast. Right. Well, uh, uh, we're, we're proud. We're proud to be the first. Freeburg, Illinois. Yep. About, uh, uh, 35, 40 minute drive, uh, east of St. Louis and uh small, uh, small town. So I grew up there and, um, you know, if you like uh, if you like rural areas and country living, Freeburg is for you. <laughs> oh yeah, lots of good farmland out there. It was always a, it was always That's a right. pleasure to come visit the the ranch, as it were. So, all it's right, oddly charming, oddly charming. Lots of good wiffle ball <laughs> space out there, if I remember correctly. So, and there's nothing wrong oh, with that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, absolutely. So you are a lifelong St. Louis Cardinals fan, and I've I've always had to forgive you for this. So. Um, but, um, you grew up a Cardinals fan, you know, one of the great things about the Midwest and major league baseball is that this rivalry, the Cardinals, the Cubs, uh, it's one of the best ones. It's the quote unquote friendly rivalry. Uh, and it's just recently gotten a whole lot more real, but you're in that territory of mid to Southern Illinois where you kind of pick a side. So, how is it that you are a Cardinals fan or that your family has been a Cardinals fan for so long? Fortunately for, uh, for myself, um, you know, the, the Southern half of the state, you know, really the, the line is, is, is somewhat drawn in the Springfield, Illinois area, which is, you know, called the middle of the state. Um, and you know, right. you hear the stories of, yeah, uh, you know, we've got one, one side of the family's, Cardinals fans, the other side is Cubs. And it is true. Not so much where I'm, you know, where I was born, it was, you know, uh, almost exclusively Cardinals. You'd have a, a couple poor souls here and there that for whatever reason, <laughs> they had family in Chicago or they're um, just, just to be the anti, you know, um, establishment they would root for the Cubs. But it's, you know, fortunately for myself, um, I grew up a Cardinals fan and, <laughs> and uh, my family grew up Cardinals fans. And we, we used to go, you know, we went to just tons of games growing up. And uh, it really is, um, you know, same goes for the northern half of the state. It is a, it is a way of life. Um, you know, if you, yeah. you got to kind of remove the White Sox from the equation, but it is a, it is a state that's, that's split. Um, you know, almost evenly for, for Cubs and Cardinals and the friendly rivalry, as you mentioned, it has been, um, and it's, it's moving towards more of a, a Yankees Red Sox, um, you know, of the, sure. of the early 2000s. So that's where, that's where I see it going. The friendly rivalry is great when, when one side is, uh, consistently winning and making the playoffs and the other is just happy to, you know, happy to have an excuse to be out and, and having some beers and, and watching a game. But I think you're going to see a change, uh, 
over the next uh, wow with the Cubs, it's hard to say. You know, we, we could be looking at a a nice decade run here for them. Uh, so we're we're in the we're in the thick of it, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you talk about the rivalry now versus when you were growing up. Um, you know, when you're growing up and when I was when I was living there and going to school, um, the Cardinals were so certainly the hammer and the Cubs forever the nail, except for 2003. You know, they got like one lucky punch in there. Um, how do you feel about the how do you personally feel about this rivalry now? Like how this last postseason played out with them playing in the playoffs for the first time and the Cubs clear relevance you know they're revamping Wrigley Field they got Joe Madden they got a competent front office and ownership for a change um they've got prospects you know the rookie of the year arguably they might have the Cy Young so here come the Cubs how do you feel about the rivalry now versus when you were growing up well I'll say this and 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 you'll never hear this from the Cardinals um you know whether or not they actually thought it or not um or you know and you may you may really not hear it I'm not one of these you know, so-called best fans in baseball that thinks the Cardinals can can do no wrong, and every everyone in the system is a is a future Hall of Famer. Um, and we we can touch on that there in a little bit because that's a whole other side to this Cardinals discussion is is the whole best fans in baseball thing. But uh, as far as the way I see it, is I think the Cardinals needed to make a run at uh, getting Joe Madden. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of funny to say it cause you've got Matheny here and, and, you know, he hasn't missed the playoffs yet. Uh, and then, you know, until this year hadn't, uh, gone into the playoffs and not won at least one series, but, um, you know, you, uh, you see some things with Madden that you just don't with Matheny. So I, 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 I worry that, um, you know, obviously the Cubs are here and, um, all, all signs point to them being here to stay, um, but uh, I worry that we have been surpassed, uh, and I hope we're wrong. Um, wow, already. You know, the Cubs... <laughs> well, if you look at the playoff results this year, uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to say we haven't. Um, you know, yeah. obviously, every you know anything can happen in any given season. Um, but <laughs> we were clearly, uh, and I think if you go back to the mid midway point of 2015, we weren't the best team in the division the second half of the season. Um, oh, yeah. You know, the numbers and front of me but the Cubs just were, were on a roll and I you know these guys are here you know everyone says they arrived a year early well that means they're here uh for next year <laughs> you know you're gonna have a whole season of you know um you know Rizzo and Schwarber and and the whole uh you know the whole I mean, uh, Chris Bryan is is going to be an MVP uh of the league so and they've got money to spend too that's the other thing that's important to talk about is um, you know, they're not done loading this roster up. You could, you know, would you see them go out and get, get a David Price or a Granky? I'd, I'd almost count on it at this point. Um, yeah. So well, I don't know. I, I'm looking. Just, I mean, on that point, they did give a lot of money to uh, John Lester last year. So, and then, um, you know, Grinky and or Price would be $200 million just to kick the tires. But, um, I mean, do you see the Cubs really sinking $300 million into two pitchers? I do, I do, and a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the predictions for the off season, you know, these the the, the national writers that are predicting who's going to end up where. Um, a lot of them have uh, price going to the uh, Cubs. Sure, you know, I, I, I and I definitely think it's a, a distinct possibility. I, I think uh, they've got the funds for sure to go after a top three agent, um, which would just be a nice compliment to what what they already have. Um, you know, and, and with uh, in the pitching rotation. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the Cardinals. I'd like to see them take a run at, at, at the top pitchers as well. Um, 
but you know, generally that's not the way they, they operate. Um, right. but it'll, it's going to be an interesting off season in, in the NL central for sure. Yeah. Well, coach and I routinely lament how the Cardinals are just always there. Like you can't, you can't, you can't consider them out of it until they've been underground for a few days with, uh, you know, dirt and concrete piled on top. And in fairness to y'all, uh, like half of your team was injured. So, um, this, if there was ever a year that the, uh, vaunted Cardinals were vulnerable, uh, I, we both thought it was this year. So, um, but, uh, but wow. So you're already a little bit, a little bit worried. All right. This is good. This is good. This rivalry. Um, you're in, uh, Overland Park. So you're now just outside of Kansas city. Um, you know, if baseball today was in fact organized like college football, the Midwest is the powerhouse conference. Um, you've got the Cardinals, you've got the Cubs, you've got arguably you could lump the Tigers and the Pirates into that, even the Reds. And now the Kansas City Royals, the world champion Kansas City Royals. Um, you were there. You had moved back from L.A. Uh, right before the playoffs. So what was that like? It uh, it, it was pretty intense. Um, you know, you saw some of it last year with the you know the Royals making the World Series and kind of having a, a crazy run through through the uh, playoffs and they didn't quite close the deal last year. And, and uh, you know, it, it kind of set the stage for this year and the fans, the fans here have been uh, just rabid since, um, you know, since last year, you know, since the last couple weeks of the 2014 season uh, and, and they started to see how much fun playoff baseball was. And they hadn't, hadn't seen it since 85. Um, so the, 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 the watch parties, the city just going up, you know, everything in blue and, and uh, just you can't you couldn't take a walk down the street with with some sort of seeing a Royals flag or, um, or signs to support the Royals. So it's a cool cool scene to be in. And uh, you know the fans here are are great. They had a raw deal for a lot of years with sure. with ownership and, and management. Um, you know, really going back since '85 uh, when they last were in the playoffs. Uh, so it was neat to see. And um, you know, a lot of uh, a, a lot of fans, I think coming uh coming full circle to where you know either they they uh their their parents were royals fans and they had never kind of sniffed what it was like to to be a part of a of a, of a playoffs team or a playoff celebration and now it's it's come full circle from from 85 and here they are in the, in the limelight again yeah where where did you personally and your your lovely wife kim she is also she is from kansas city she's from kansas city originally yeah so she has She's a little uh, Royals uh, fandom, and I've tried to I've tried to swear over the Cardinals over the years, and I think she, she you know she supports them when they're when they're not playing the Royals, but uh, she's definitely um, you know I have this you know you've got the best fans in baseball, you know or so they say in, in St. Louis and Kansas City you've got a lot of the newest fans in baseball, right, so yeah. you know it's, you like to to you know give them a little trouble for it, um, you know for sure. you know not necessarily being loud and proud, uh, but how can you blame them? It's um, if we're being honest about it, I mean, it's kind of like the Rams in St. Louis right now. I mean, you you can't deal with a, a historic uh, uh, consecutive seasons of failure and expect the fans to turn out and and uh, you know be out there right. paying money and supporting the team. So it's fun to to you know give them a little trouble uh, for for the for the newfound fan. But at the end of the day, you know, Kansas City is a great sports town. Um, just it as is. you said, the entire Midwest right now is, is great for sports in general. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be in KC. It's, it's going to be fun to see how the, you know, the, this mini dynasty they're trying to start up um, 
is going to proceed over the next uh, several seasons because they're same as the Cubs. They're not, you know, they're they're not going anywhere. They've got uh, too much young talent to to kind of envision them fading away. Sure, not as much revenue uh, streams available to the Royals uh, certainly as a Chicago Cubs, but um, the uh, the new Kauffman Stadium. Uh, I take it you've been there since the renovations. Did you go? Well, yeah. Did you get? Did you get to any games towards the end of this year or in the playoffs? We didn't make it to any since we've moved back. Um, and I have been to the stadium since the renovations took place. And it's nice. Uh, you know, I always prefer downtown stadiums, and that's a personal preference. But the way, that, the way to have it set up in Kansas City is great for Kansas City. Kansas City loves – it's a tailgating city. You've got the Chiefs who are known for – you know, depends who you're asking. The, the, the barbecue, tailgate, uh, the barbecue, the uh, and, and barbecue. that all—that's right. Well, and that could be an entire, entirely different podcast there, where we can discuss <laughs> the St. Louis versus uh, Kansas City barbecue scene. Um, True. It's, it's not only the best; uh, it's not only the power conference for baseball, but also for uh, for barbecues. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I think Kauffman Stadium is is it's unique. It's a throwback. You know, it's, uh, you can't really call it a cookie cutter stadium, but it, it lived in that same era, uh, as, as, you know, riverfront and Bush and, um, but it, it's, it's unique and it's a lot of fun and the tailgating it, you know, it's, it's just a different experience than a downtown stadium. I, I think, uh, I think they made the right call when they decided to renovate both uh, Arrowhead and Kaufman, as opposed to trying to build something downtown, um, just because yeah. it fits this city. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we went to a game back, uh, I think it was our sophomore year, and it was the magical 2003 Tony Pena-led Royals that were like above above 500 later in the season than they had been in, I think, 20 years. Um, And it's just, you're you're right on, yeah, it's so intimate and right on top of the action, and that was even before all the, and Dodge Buck Night, what a deal. Dodge Buck Night is one of the best deals in, in all of uh, in all of baseball. Uh, you know, it's the what one dollar uh, soda, hot dog, and uh, popcorn. Peanuts. I think popcorn, oh. popcorn, yeah. uh, all for uh, one of the two. Um, all for for a dollar each. A single Washington uh, is, for that. That that's right. That's right. So it's it's quite the steal, uh, and. You know that it's a it's a it's a fun time to go out and and take in a buck night every now and then. But you know, with the success, I don't know if they need to have Dodge Buck Night anymore because I don't right, think they're going to have yeah. any trouble uh, getting people out to the stadium. Uh, when we, you know, like you said, we were there even even in uh, two thousand three, two thousand two yeah. or two thousand three. I don't think people were they they were almost there, ready to commit to it. And then you know, I think that was the the sense even going into two thousand fourteen. The sense of this is all going to fall apart on us was was is was still there. So I think that's gone now. And I think, I think the Royals fans are, are uh, hopefully, you know, back for, back for good now. Cause it's going to be fun to, you know, be in the Midwest with the Cubs, Cardinals sure. and, and Royals all, all being good. Yeah. Yeah. So where did, where did you and Kim watch some of the, the world series this year being back in Kansas city? Did we, you go, we did you go to the, little... did you go to like the gas house district or the, is that what it's called? The one that they kept showing on, yeah. on the broadcast? The Power and Light District, uh, which yeah. is in uh, downtown Kansas City near the Sprint Center, that's where they have you know a lot of the watch parties for uh, U.S. soccer and also uh, for the for the World Series. Um, we did we watched a little bit of everywhere, um, uh, our place, um, family members' um, homes, and then we were out uh, out for a couple of the games at various bars. So and it's again just 
craziness to see, you know, Royals fever catch on when, you know, when your memory of the team is, you know, over the, over the last decade has just been, you know, uh, abysmal. So it's, sure. uh, it was fun to be out and about, you know, I'm not a Royals fan, but it's, I can appreciate the, the, um, the turnout there. And, and like you said, the power in my district, that place that, you know, that's where some of the Royals, I know in 2014 they did, they would, uh, they would go out after the games in the playoffs. Uh, I think the clinching games and party, uh, with the fans, which, you know, um, <laughs> It's such a cool thing they've got going um, with the with the fan and team relationship here. So, um, but you know, as uh, as we talked about um, ourselves previously in the last couple of days, you know, it'll be interesting to see if you know with the Cardinals that kind of you know when it's new to you, it's new and you're you know you're excited, you're you're spending your you know savings on the playoff tickets, you're going out for every game, and then as the years go by and you you just make the playoffs every year, I think some of that. Not doesn't become expected, but it becomes kind of um, you know it's the usual. So it'll be interesting to see you know how long the um, you know the newness of it stays for for KC. Yeah. Um, you know, same. Well, you would know with the with the Braves, yeah, the God. same deal. Don't even um, get me started. You know, get, so you know, it's, Kansas City has this, uh, and not just when it comes to to sports or or baseball. It, there's this infatuation with St. Louis and and hating and bashing on St. Louis. And, right. And, you know, the people in St. Louis don't, they don't think much about Kansas city. And I, I mean, I grew up in the St. Louis area. I, I lived five years in St. Louis, um, during college and Kansas city just isn't a topic of conversation because right. the St. Louis people are busy worrying, comparing themselves to Chicago and, and trying to live up to, to Chicago. So, you know, it's, it's funny. And everyone here knows that, uh, you know, I've, uh, we're flying a half Royals, half Cardinals flag <laughs> in front of our house. Now everyone right. knows, you know, I'm a Cardinals fan and I always hear, you know, the, and people go out of their way to to make a, a take a swipe at St. Louis, and I, I you know I, I don't I, I do understand somewhat of a of a little brother, you know always you know always had the Cardinals making the playoffs and uh, being competitive, and and the Royals haven't been, and and you know you, you'd have the Cardinals Royals games out here where it'd be it'd be sixty percent red, so I, I get I, I get it, uh, but then again I don't. Um, well, I was know, gonna say. It, you know, you 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 got to you were there. You know, I I of course uh, have such uh, an affinity and a fondness for being in cities where championships happen. And you know, I was lucky that I got one of those in '95 growing up here in Atlanta. Of course, not. You ask any Braves fan that's been around for a while. '91 and '92 were it. You know, we we always say we won the 1991 World Series three games to four. You know. Um, and in fact, our parade for the Braves that year, the worst of first NL champs, I think was bigger in numbers than the Twins parade for the World Series champs. So uh, this is like, you know, old hat for the Cardinals. Uh, you there in St. Louis, it's like this is almost every year you can kind of look forward to this. And uh, um, the whole thing about even the players going out and, and partying with the fans after big wins, that was the St. Louis staple around old Bush stadium. You'd see Jimmy Edmonds out. Uh, I think where was it that they would all go? A lot of Cardinals players would go after the games right down by, by the stadium. Patios is the bar. Patios. That, uh, yes. Yep. Is that still there? <laughs> oh yeah. It's they, they, yep. They're still there. They're only open. I believe they're only open during the baseball season. I don't know if they stay open year round. I don't think they do. 
but that was a place Cardinals players, yeah, would go after the game. And you, you know, you uh, certain areas of the bar were perhaps off limits to the you know, public. I think they had a special downstairs area for the <laughs> for the players to. Hang out. Really? You would also you you'd hear about uh, you know you would hear about players and fans mingling and partying. And I think that you know, like look, and not, you know, we, Cardinals were bad when I was growing up, and then they made the playoffs in '96 with Larusa's first year. And then, uh, and then the, the real run didn't start until 2000, but yeah. you know, that year 2000, it was, you know, it was rabid like it is in Kansas city. It was new. Uh, winning was something that people were just really excited about and, and going to the playoffs. And I think that, you know, you saw kind of the same senior scene in Kansas city now, uh, in, in St. Louis in 2000, which again, kind of started this, this run that, that they've been on, um, yeah, you know, so it does fade over time. It becomes uh, if you can maintain that consistent uh, winning, you know, it'll it'll always be exciting. Uh, but the the newness of it does does wear off. And you know, like you know, that base playoff tickets price falls because you know everyone's been spending their 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 piggy bank savings year after year after year on playoff tickets. It's you know they're they're you know they're not gonna they can't do it every year. So that's you know that's that's one rallying cry in Kansas City is. Yeah. Well, you know, it was 600 bucks to get into the game. Well, yeah, it, it's your first year of being good again. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, do it for 10 years in a row, and I guarantee you the tickets won't be $600 to, to get into Kaufman. Yeah. Well, you're one of the smarter baseball fans that I that I know and have known for years. Um, this Royals resurgence and, and all of these new fans that they suddenly have, because in fairness, the Cardinals, yeah, you know, the, between 1992 and and until 2000, they only made the the playoffs. I think that one year, '96. But you also had Mark McGuire, you know, you know Paul Bunyan b- before all the steroid stuff came out. And yeah, see, that's that's a good topic to bring up. We weren't winning in the <laughs> in the '98 home run chase, but that that you know, I, I at the time that was bigger than making the playoffs. Um, right was you know was the McGuire Sosa chase, which. We can look back fondly on, even though I, we, we all know how it, you know, how it went down afterwards. But it, it was yeah. great. You know, you, you can bash it all you want, but it was it was great for the the sport at the time, and it was it was great for you sport know, needed the city it. at the time. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you you got to dance with the devil that you know. Baseball would be in a, a whole different situation right now were it not for that. Um, you know, bu- the the build the building back up of fan uh, loyalty and whatnot. Um, but you know, so you look at the Royals right now and this this resurgence and all of these new fans and 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 you know eight hundred thousand people at the parade. Um, there's a tremendous value of the fact that they did win one of these two. You know, because think back to Texas in 2010-2011, they didn't actually win one of those World Series. So how much goodwill do you think this buys for the team? You know, is is this World Series going to be valuable for? seven years, 10 years of this much support, or if they don't win multiple titles and stay in it, are a lot of these fans going to go away? The, the people here are expecting multiple world series out of this, uh, at least appearances out of this, you know, uh, out of this roster. Uh, I think winning it is going to, is going to, you know, keep the average fan, um, 
you know, it, it's going to buy them a while. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough to say just, you know, exactly how long, but you know, it's hard to win the world series. Uh, you know, to, even That's to get true. there two years in a row, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, base, the baseball playoffs are, you know, baseball and hockey are the one, uh, or, sorry, the two sports where the, it's a completely different, uh, Sport in the playoffs, and you could have a tremendous regular season year, you know, and as as you know, <laughs> year after year after year, and, yep. uh, and the game changes in the in the playoffs. So just to get to the playoffs is a, is an achievement, and to win the it's it tough to win the World Series. Right. Um, and I think just winning it once, I think you know, you've seen a lot of uh, you've you've seen a lot of people here in KC satisfied with that. Now you definitely want to win a, you want to win every year. Who doesn't? But uh, I think. I think the average fan is going to be good with this block because you know this what a what a magical two year run for them. I think oh, yeah. even if even if they miss the playoffs, you know the next next season or a couple of years in a row, which I don't think will happen, but uh, I, I think it's going to hold them over. Now, if they go, you know, if here's here's Kansas City uh, sports for you. If the team's trying, if the ownership and management are trying, uh, the, the city is going to support you. Um, you know. Part of the reason that Kaufman was such a, a, a low turnout stadium for so many years, the team was bad, but the the, the owner and GM were just pitiful. Um, Some and, of the worst and, and for a long period of time. Yeah, never committing to, to winning, um, just just there to make a profit. And then you look at the Chiefs a couple of seasons ago, and they had the whole Save the Chiefs movement, um, and, and it just kind of showed the city, the fans in the city are great, um, but you've got to commit to you know, putting a winner on the field. Um, and I think as long as that happens and continues to happen, as long as there's a, a, a visible effort to, to, you know, to win every season, um, I think these, these last two years are going to, are going to work a little while for the fans. Um, you know, but again, who doesn't want to win every year? You know, they're going to have disappointed right. fans if you make the playoffs and lose in game seven of the world series next year. Um, but again, just to, just to get there twice and win it once, I think is, um, is, is means a lot to this city. Yeah. So you believe it, it, it really does have a certain amount of roots. What, what like what you've I, seen the last two years and, and cause if you, you were talking about just a bit earlier, when you compare like Kansas city Royal fans versus the Cardinals fans, you know, it is a big brother, little brother kind of thing. It's the it's the I seventy series. You know, you have the eighty five World Series uh, and and how dramatic that was with the Deckinger call and all these things. Um, and then, of course, ever since interleague play started, you had that they would lock horns twice a year. Um, but the Cardinals, do, do they even really? Is this really registering to them? Like, uh oh, we got to be careful of the Royals now. It's hard to say that that's true because it's it's not you know it's a rivalry in that it's a it's a the cities are in close proximity and they play twice a year. Is it really a rivalry? It, I, I don't know. Uh, you know they're they're not division rivals. They aren't in the same league. The only real meaningful games they're going to play um, would would require them both making the world series, the Cubs and Cardinals right. are rivals. They, they, they play each other, uh, you know, six series a year. Of course they're rivals. Um, yeah. you know, Kansas city, St. Louis, you know what? I don't have a problem calling it a rivalry because, you know, again, it's a, it's a fun series to go to every year, you know, the two games at Bush and Coffin, but you know, it's, uh, it, it's hard to, it's hard to look at that as a, a real concern for the Cardinals just because they're only really going to, 
matter to us if we're playing them in the World Series. So, um, which I'm not sure I want to see. To be honest, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can handle it because uh, really? <laughs> two years with, now with you almost here. had it. Yeah, yeah, and I was. Ner- I mean, it's you know, it, it, it'd be an awesome thing to see, um, but. I, you know, someone's got to lose that and, and, and <laughs> I don't want to take the risk that it's going to be the Cardinals. Um, yeah. it, you know, <laughs> cause I mean, like, uh, you, you know, you say that, that KC fans were giving you a lot of flack. I mean, you know, the Cardinal fan base, uh, and they do carry the label, the best fans in baseball. And I mean, anybody would be hard pressed to, to disagree with the fact that it is such a great baseball city. I've certainly experienced, and for the record, I hate the Cardinals because they always beat the Braves. Um, but is there any fan base that like that really could rattle the Cardinals, uh, given your just endless tradition of success? That, Cardinals fans hate Cubs fans. And- yeah, oh, there you go. Friendly rivalry aside, when it comes down to it and it's a competitive game, you know, the playoffs of, you know, of this year, for example, um, it's not a friendly rivalry at, at that <laughs> point. Uh, so I think having the Cubs successful now, I think, I think the average Cardinal fan is, uh, is rattled, uh, or annoyed is a better word to put it. Um, you know, they, they shouldn't be good. They, you know, they don't, <laughs> uh, that, that's, <laughs> That's my attitude towards it. They shouldn't. They shouldn't be good. Uh, they're the Cubs, <laughs> right? Yeah, but now they are. But so <laughs> now they're good, and now you know they're going to be a thorn in the side. And, and you know the 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 Reds are another one that I think the I think Cardinals fans love to hate the Reds, and it goes back to the the Johnny Cueto, Jason Larue, uh, and you know Dusty Baker, Tony Larusa years. Um, you know the Reds are yeah. still there, and, and you've got the Brandon Phillips as well to throw him in there. It's it's you know that that's one that's even though the uh, Reds haven't been competitive over the last couple of years, um, the hatred is still there. Oh, I yeah. think for Reds fans, so um, and the Reds will be good again, and you'll see the rivalry come back around. You know, the Cardinals rotate who their number one rival is in the in the Central. You know, it's the it's the Cubs now, but you've got you know you've seen the it was the Astros. You know, when when we were in college, it was the Astros, and you had the two back to back NLCS, sure. and oh yeah, uh, then you know you had the the Brewers, Reds, and Pirates have all kind of taken turns being the number one you know rival sure. of the Cardinals over, over the last you know decade and a half. So. Um, I think I, know, I, sorry. I, I think I saw you get up more for when they played the Astros back in back in the mid two thousands than Cubs, Reds, any of them. It was a heated rivalry. the The Cardinals Astros was uh, it was so heated, and you hated to play them because they played in that ridiculous stadium, and they just you know they <laughs> they you know it seems like anytime they wanted to, they could just stick their bat out and just poke poke one over the the left field wall, and you had the killer beads just annoy the heck out of you. Uh, and you just knew going into that stadium, um, you were going to have a tough time. Um, and, uh, and Clemens, when I, that was back when Clemens was was coming there, he'd just pitch half the season and be ready for the for the playoffs. And right. that was, it was uh, we got him in '04, and then in '05, just they they, they closed out Bush Stadium too, uh, which still yeah. to this day is you know I I, I, I hate that it was the Astros. Uh, they're not even in the same league anymore. And, yeah. And, yeah, but but we're hacking them, so maybe you know maybe <laughs> yeah, <laughs> finally get exposed for all your thievery. 
Um, real quick, yeah. just r- r- forgetting the the ultimate outcome of the uh, two postseasons here, but 2005 Pujols home run off of uh, Brad Lidge versus David Freeze's game six walk off in eleven. Which one was was more satisfying for you, or greater greater thrill? That's a great question. You know, I got to go with David Freeze simply because World Series and the and and the that game, uh, yeah. as as we all know, was just crazy uh and and watching that game i mean that 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 game will go down as as probably you know my um at least presently would have to be my my favorite moment as a as a fan because that that just summed up that team you know just you just can't kill them uh and you just the you know pools home run off lidge was dramatic and and you can sit and watch that anytime and just kind of be uh, uh, put a put a smile on your face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, happening with the Astros, and uh, you hated the Astros, but you know you got to go David Freeze there. It's um, yeah. He uh, I don't know that Pulhos home run is one of the greatest drop the mic moments in baseball history. You'll never see a stomach yep. punch quite like that. But again, the end result was lost yeah. the series in six. Yeah. They so. came back and won the next game, so it's hard. You know, if, if that had turned the series, and you know, because we would have beat the White Sox that year, I'm I'm sure of it. So Ooh. if that had <laughs> further Chicago fire, you're you're stoking. <laughs> well, the White Sox don't really count. <laughs> There, right. if the if the if there's little brother syndrome with the with the uh Royals uh Cardinals, you know, it's it's little little brother syndrome with the Cubs and White Sox or the Cardinals sure. and White Sox. They, sure. they really don't move the Richter scale all that much. Um White Sox you know. are, are kind of confined to about a thirty mile radius from from the south side, whereas could could you argue that Kansas City well the Royals probably own all of Kansas state as far as baseball is concerned yeah and maybe a half of missouri or a third of it maybe there yeah you, you know you'll you'll have the casual you know mid missourians that are you know oh, the royals are our winners now we're going to be royals fans for a while and it'll it'll shift back to the you know that, that area is up for grabs on any given season uh, but i yeah. you know you've definitely um it's definitely still cardinals country i i, I you know i but i think the royals are you know creeping in for sure they um, they're fun to watch and, you know, a lot of, you know, you, uh, they, people like to root for winners. So, you know, I think a yeah, lot of people true. too think, you know, it's easy to be a fan of both teams since one's an American league team and, and one's a national league team. I think you have a lot of people that justify having, you know, supporting both, which I think that's great. I'm, I'm personally a, a one, uh, one team guy, but I, I wouldn't have a problem <laughs> if, you, if you're a casual fan supporting both. I, I think it's great. Well, again, this this Midwest powerhouse conference as it is. I mean, you just look at the landscape, and I even forgot to mention the White Sox. They're they're there. You know, they've got means. They they spend money. Um, they have a little issue like keeping keeping talent there or, or developing talent like the Cardinals. I mean, no one's like the Cardinals when it comes to. I think I think y'all just you know create prospects out of some sort of weird science laboratory underneath the arch or something i'm convinced that that's that's the only way we have the gridgicks and the you know john jays and and matt carpenters of the world but um we'll leave that alone for a second um but so the cardinals the cubs the pirates all in the world series or world series all in the playoffs last year arguably one of the strongest top to bottom divisions in 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 the last 50 years of or yeah, dating back to divisional play. 
Um, you got the White Sox in that mix. You've got the Royals in that mix. Uh, the Tigers are always ready to reload. So describe that energy. Do you feel like the Midwest is maybe getting just dessert or it's due now considering the long-standing East Coast bias? And then also, you know, you, you were living out West. Well, what was that like compared to being in the Midwest for, for baseball? Well, I'm glad I moved back when all you know when when all the teams are good. It's going to be fun to fun to watch. Um, you know, as I said, over the next couple of seasons, because you you expect them all to stay competitive, and uh, even you know throwing like you said the Tigers and the and the Pirates, and you know the White Sox are they're always lurking. You know, they're they're they're, they're never. You never can write them off at the beginning of a season, so they're always in the mix. So and the I'm twins, happy to be, the twins, even. The How about twins the twins made a, last made a year? Serious push this year. Yeah. And, and and that's a stadium I I really want to get to. You know, part of uh, you know, part of the good thing about being back in the Midwest now is you know you can you can you can go to uh, a lot of these stadiums that I haven't had a chance to get to. Yeah, I'd love to get up to uh, see uh, Target Field. Um, yeah. I've never been to a game at uh, never been to a White Sox uh, or Pirates uh, home game, so that, that's sure. it's good to be kind of the center of the country. You can kind of get to uh, get to the different cities a little easier. Being in California, you know, it's uh, you know, look, the Dodgers rule that town, and there's there's no mistaking that. Um, you know, the the fans are are loyal. <laughs> they're they're loyal right. uh, almost to a fault almost to the point where they'll they'll stab you in the parking lot if you know. <laughs> um, Sadly, there have been some incidents. Uh, I moved out to yeah. L.A. right before the, the um, Guggenheim group took over. And yeah. post-Guggenheim post group, they've really made a, a, a solid effort to, sure. to clean up, uh, you know, the game day experience. You know, I, I'll never forget the first, you know, Cardinals-Dodgers game I went to as, uh, and living out in California. And I, you know, it was uncomfortable. I, I was, you know, you get in... And not exaggerating, you soda spit on you. You're you're being heckled, and not friendly heckling. Um, you know, you don't you don't feel afraid, but you feel un- uncomfortable slightly just being there in the jersey. You know, and wear you know jersey or a ball cap. You know, to, to any game I go oh, to, yeah. if it's the Cardinals playing. So, um, you know, uh, we like going to Angels games a little more than Dodgers games. You have the history of Dodger Stadium. It is a beautiful setting. Uh, but as far as a fan experience, um, you know, and, and go, just going out to, to watch a game, nothing on the line. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to beat uh, an angels game when you're really, uh, when you've got two to choose from. Yeah. I like, I like, it's a nice stadium and the, the, you know, the area is great and it's a, it's it's just a less stressful experience (laughs) now, but I went to my fair share of Cardinal Dodgers games and, you know, you always wanted to walk out there as a winner because if you had to walk out of that stadium as as a loser wearing your Cardinals hat, it, it wasn't going to be uh, pretty. You no. know, but everyone's Dodgers fans though. You know, there are no true. You know, Angels games are. You know, they have a small small sector of of hardcore right. loyalists. You know, Angels games are just something for people to do. Um, <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> yeah. it's true. It's true. The very casual fan base. You know, you've got. It's a tough life in Orange County. You know, you've got. Oh yeah, it's so you know, it's, it's brutal. <laughs> so it's so hard to grow up um, to, to live there. No, um, yeah, Petco you, is probably my favorite stadium in yeah. in the in the league. Is, uh, is looks Petco. beautiful. I, no, amazing, uh, amazing stadium, and the way they built it into the city, and uh, just the you know, first off, San Diego's always a great place to watch a baseball game. You can watch baseball year round, uh, but the stadium's beautiful. I mean, they're probably. Probably my favorite that I've been to. Yeah, you gotta get to Comerica. 
in Detroit. That is one of my favorites. I've been there, uh, lucky to have been there for two games. And and just what they're trying to do in downtown Detroit uh, is really a great thing. So so, so make your way up there. Um, I think they, they – I don't know if the schedule's out yet or not. Um, I know it is for the Braves, but if, if the Cardinals play or the Royals, you know, go catch the Royals-Tigers. That's always a great series now since that is – a good division rivalry. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I came out to visit, uh, 2013 and we all went to a game at Dodger stadium and, uh, it was against my Braves. And of course we got beat, which was not Yossi so much. Puig. Yossi Puig. That was, that was the Puig mania that year. Um, yep, he had a, I believe he hit a home run that game that, or, uh, a grand a slam or, actually. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it yep. was a very valuable home run in that it, it brought in four runs. So, <laughs> So, but it is a, it is a great, uh, I mean, that setting of Dodger stadium can't be beat. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's, it rivals some of the best in baseball, but I, I get the sense just being there myself and, you know, you and I talking over the years, the intensity for baseball isn't near what it is, you know, like do Dodgers fans, except for the giants, do they, do they get it? Do they, do they get the nerve up for like when they play? San Diego or Colorado or uh, who's the other one? Arizona. The way that Cardinals fans, you know, it's it's such great atmospheres even when they're playing the Brewers uh, right now who are not so good. You know, that's they yeah, they do and they don't. There's a there's a hardcore uh, sector of of Dodgers fans that are that are loud and you know obnoxious no matter who they're playing, but. You know, it it, it is it does take on a, a special meaning for them when they are playing the Giants. They seem to hate the Cardinals too, um, yeah. probably because we've had their their number in the playoffs sure. recently. Hey, go crazy, um, folks! Go crazy. That's right. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. So they swept us in 2009, uh, but that's been about it from a playoff success. And you know, I think the whole Kurt, having Kershaw's number thing really uh, really gets to them. So you know. Uh, they are they are a good fan base, and I'll, I'll give them that. That city is um, they support the Dodgers, and I think you know even when they're mediocre or bad, which they haven't been lately, you still um, you know you still you still feel like you're in a, a good baseball town. Whereas you know if you, do you have that feeling in you know San Diego or you know Phoenix? Um, not to offend our good friend Will Novak, but but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that goes back to now in the Midwest, where there are all these you know very very passionate just sports fans in general. Are the baseball teams in the Midwest getting their fair share of coverage in the national media? Uh, yeah, well, obviously, yeah. With you know, with with they are right now uh, with with the Royals and uh, having won, and the Cubs are always you know the uh, the darlings of of the media world. So, and I'm yeah. not, you know, look, is there a bias, you know, whatever that's, that's, you know, that's best fans in baseball talk, uh, right there. The, um, you know, the, the, I, I just don't pay attention to the, to, to any of the East coast, West coast bias. Your team's good. You're going to, you're going to be, you're going to be covered. And if you're not, who really cares? Um, you know, yeah. cause it's, you know, you're, you know, the, the, the cream rises to the top. So, uh, I think, 
I think right now the Royals are, are you know, I think Kansas City is being, un, you know, discovered as a as a hidden gem of cities in the U.S., partially because I think the Royals' uh, resurgence and just the, the, the fan, uh, the outpouring of support for the team is, is being is being talked about nationwide. So, um, you know, I yeah, it's, it's easy to sit there and say, oh, you know, the uh, uh, ESPN hates us or Fox Sports hates us or, you know, no one talks about how good my team is. And that, you know, I think that's a bunch of uh, baloney. I think the one thing that's entertaining, though, is, uh, is the is the Joe Buck hates the Royals movement. <laughs> Do you buy that? No, no, no. Uh, you know that that goes back to the you know it's a it's a, goes back to Kansas City. People hate St. Louis, and you know Joe <laughs> Buck's from St. Louis, and there's a secret. You know what 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 they cling to is this. Well, you know in the 2014 World Series, Madison Bumgarner's name was said this many times. He, you know what, it was appropriate. He was putting on one of the greatest playoff pitching uh, runs you're ever going to see. Oh sure. Um, what else are you supposed to talk about? I mean, um, you know, it's you know that that's that's new fandom uh, to a certain extent is just not understanding how how uh, how it works. I mean, if you're put if you're getting mowed down by a guy putting on you know the a pitching clinic in the World Series, uh, I'm pretty sure that's what Joe Buck's going to talk about. Um, but I don't think Joe <laughs> Buck hates any team. Um, you know, he, I think he's very good at being, uh, uh, you know bipartisan when it comes to you know his his uh loyalty is he a cardinal fan you know of course <laughs> probably well, is, um, he but still, I think is he still on the fox sports midwest during the regular season calling cardinals games it, he'll do a couple games uh here and there you'll you know you'll you'll randomly turn on the game and he's calling the game for whatever reason. Um, but not as many as, you know, not as many as you'd like to see. I love listening to, to him, you know, call, call games, whether it's the Cardinals playing or whether it's, you know, two randoms playing. Um, you know, I think you'll see, hopefully see that continue on over, um, over the next couple of years when he's not doing the Fox national broadcast. I think he, he, you know, does, does as many Cardinals games as he can. Yeah. Well, he's certainly better at staying unbiased in the postseason than Mr. Ron Darling. That's for sure. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he fell through the ice so many times when something bad would happen to his precious Mets, and so. Well, the, the, and the hatred of Joe Buck doesn't—it doesn't apply just to Royals fans. They're just the most recent example. You know, right. it's funny that Harold Reynolds is 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 pitiful. I mean, just, <laughs> just, just I mean, how he has that job is uh, is beyond. But but. Where you know if you're gonna hate on a, one of the Fox guys, I mean, it's he's the guy that just he he makes it too easy to to pick on. Um, some of the uh, stuff that Harold Reynolds says just makes you question how he's made it this far in the game of baseball. Well, Toronto certainly doesn't think very highly of him, and they're pretty vocal <laughs> about it since he kind of inadvertently said that uh, people from Canada can't play baseball as well. That that that'll get you in hot water real quick. To Joe Buck's credit, he never says anything along those lines. Okay, so here's a big question for you, um, and I know you have a lot of thoughts about this. Um, the Cardinals, uh, they are one of the flagship franchises. There's no way around that. Um, you know, the Royals in 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 this this uh, kind of. I don't know, concern or maybe just an interest to see how long this success goes for. The Cardinals have been successful always. 
And when it comes to having a strong fan base, uh, I always say you, you can't lose a generation, you know. And the Royals, as big as they were in the 80s, they had the 30-year layoff, essentially. They lost an entire generation, arguably a generation and a half, of of fans to the fact that they were just so terrible. Same with the Pirates, um, and, and that was in half the amount of time. Um, but the Cardinals, going all the way back to the turn of the century, it seems, you know, they had the the the, the Gas House Gang in the in the 20s, and then Stan Musial in the 40s, and then um, you know in the 60s with Bob Gibson, they won it in '82. They just never have a prolonged lapse in performance. Um, as you were growing up, did you have an appreciation for this? And then you have the label, the, the best fans in baseball, which makes all the other 29 organizations, fan bases get really angry. So, you know, just, just, just as a, as a lifelong Cardinals fan, talk to all those things. Well, you know, growing up for me, the Cardinals, uh, were, you know, I was born in 83. So, you know, I, I, remember very little obviously of of 85 and 87 um and then you really didn't have you know you had 96 which was Larusa's first year where we blew the NLCS uh against your Braves I remember uh, that the one that we're on <laughs> yeah <laughs> the up up three games to one in the NLCS and then just two complete blowouts and a pitching gem that just we you know that that was our reintroduction to playoff baseball sure uh, after missing the the playoffs for, for many years and uh but then the run really starts in 2000 so but even you know even when they're you know even when they're not made the playoffs from 88 to you know to 95 there you still are brought up on that you know whether the cardinals they are you know their flagship franchise there's history for them you love the players whether they're good or bad and you did, um, you know, going to, going to baseball games, you know, part of the whole, you know, best fans in baseball thing is that, well, you know, the, they're going to cheer you whether you're good or bad, which, which they will to an extent, um, you know, but it's, that's easy to do when you're, when you're rarely bad. Um, you know, the best fans in baseball start, that was a, that the Cardinals started that themselves as a, as a marketing ploy. And it's, I don't know what to say, whether it's had the, the success they wanted or whether it's kind of backfired on them a little bit um it, it you know the cardinals started using that in their you know their marketing and i remember that's the type of thing you know growing up you'd see on the on the pocket schedule you know the, the best fans in baseball and uh and and then it, the, then the media understands there's you know starts to pick up on it and you know they, they they start using it as you know just part of the broadcast whenever the cardinals are playing um i think what's you know the, the cardinals have this reputation now for the cardinal way and and uh, playing the right way. And, you know, I, I think that that's been forever too. Is, that's been forever. Yeah. The Cardinal way goes back to the invention of the farm system. So a lot, it's easy fodder to use against, you know, to, to use on hating the Cardinals. But at the end of the day, you hate the Cardinals because, you know, they win. They're there every year. They're there every year. Um, you know, from, from 2000 to 2015, you know, you've had what, four seasons, you, you know, you've missed the play. Oh, three, Oh seven, oh eight, and then 2010, and that's it. You've been there, and most of those years you've been in the NLCS, and it's just you know people get tired of seeing the t- same team over and over, and you know the some of the ways we've won too with uh, you know just always seem you know I, I, I always seem to be 
been the right place at the right time, uh, which is easy to easy to hate on. You know, with um, like you said, the the Pujols home run off a of ledge is a game they 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 should have lost. The, the big comeback win against Washington in in the 2012 uh, NLDS and the 2011 comeback. I mean, it's it's it, I can see why other teams hate the Cardinals. Um, you know, and uh, you know there there are those Cardinal fans though that. <laughs> and I'll say it. I mean, and I'm, I'm, I like to look at things from a, you know, uh, not with my Cardinals colored glasses on. There are other fans that actually do believe they're the best fans in baseball. And I think, look, every player in our farm system is not a future hall of famer, but if you, you, you talk to a lot of Cardinals fans and they will, they'll try to sell you on, you know, Tommy Pham, who's a fine player, but you know why he should be penciled in as a starter for next year. So any player in our system is, you know, somehow viewed as this can't miss prospect, and it does get a little annoying because I think uh, I think our run of success has kind of confused <laughs> um, <laughs> some of some of the fans, and uh, you know, like well, here's a perfect example of the NL Rookie of the Year voting. You know how you've got. You've got the outrage at Piscotty or Grichuk didn't win. Oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, there was no one that was going to win that award other than Chris Bryant. But, you know, you've got these vocal Cardinals fans out there um, tweeting up a storm about how Piscotty and Grichuk were robbed. And it just, you know, it makes the fan base look bad. And, you know, when, when you're a Cardinal fan now, whether you're a legit fan or you're, you know, you're just a, or, or, a, or one of these know-it-all fans, you're kind of grouped all in under the best fans in baseball. And, um you know, it's it's a rallying cry for, you know, for for supporters of other teams to just kind of, you know, do you get at you a little bit. Sure. Do do you do you personally buy it? Do you like it? Um, no. no, it's a it's a it, it, is it is it the best baseball town in uh in in America? I don't know. Maybe. It's a great baseball town. Kansas City's a great baseball town. I mean, look at it. I mean, eight hundred thousand people went to their parade. Yeah. Uh, I think that's more than we're at either of the Cardinals' recent parade. Um, you, you could make the argument Kansas City is the best, you know, best baseball. I don't know how you judge things like that. Are you the best fans in baseball? What criteria do, do you judge that on? You know, how, what the how many tickets you sell a year, or how many? You know, um, I don't know how who has more fans. I mean, if you look on Twitter, I think the Cardinals. Uh, have we could do that know, right now yeah ahead, let, we going. could do that right now the cardinals have 726,000 twitter followers the the royals have the royals have 493,000 twitter followers are the, are the cardinals the better the better fans because of that no I, it's it's uh it's it's silly the city's bigger i mean so the region is bigger yeah. in, in st louis so i don't know how you judge things like that uh, i think you know i i i I, I root for a world where we can have mutual respect for all fan bases and, and the understanding <laughs> that when your team's good, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you know, especially if your team's good for the first time in a while. Yeah. You're going to have a great, excited, enthusiastic fan base. that's going to bring 800,000 people to the, to the train. When you make the playoffs, you know, 10 out of, you know, 14 years. Um, yeah. It's probably died down a little bit, um, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, it's, it's a fun argument, uh, you know. What you know, we we could sit down and and come up with the criteria of how we would judge the the best fans in baseball and or the best baseball city. Sure. Um, I do think I do think baseball is ingrained in St. Louis. So I think when people think of St. Louis, they think of baseball. That when people think, think of 
you know, when they think of, uh, I don't know what the example, when they think of Kansas City, I don't know if baseball is the first. It's coming. It's coming for sure, but I don't think it's the first thing. I think people think of barbecue or it's the, yeah. the city of fountains or, you know, even even the Chiefs. I mean, the it, it's always been a Chiefs town, uh, and just recently it's become a Royals town. So, you know, I think I think – you know, maybe you would start there and say, "What are the what are the cities that, when you hear the city's name, you immediately think baseball?" Uh, St. Louis is number one on the list, or or near the top of the list. Um, Boston is probably on that list too. Um, sure. I, I don't. Yeah. Well, I think uh, that like uh, with with St. Louis, just you know, as as much more of an outsider that I am, you know, the the St. Louis, the city, St. Louis, Missouri. Some of the first things you think of are. Anheuser-Busch, the Arch, and then the Cardinals. Whereas, you know, there are, there are, there are not as many cities out there that one of the first things you think of is a particular sports team. You know, even New York. New York has all these other definitions that come before it. The Empire State, the, you know, greatest city in the world, um, the city that never sleeps, so on and so forth. The St. Louis really does have this thing where, like, you know, it's the gateway to the West because there's beer and Cardinals baseball there. So personally speaking, look, uh, I, I think there's <laughs> nothing like going to a, going to a, a cards game in the summer, gra- grabbing a beer before the game, going in, you know, watching the Cardinals beat the beat whoever they're playing. Look, but that's how I'm a Cardinals fan. Uh, yeah, that's true. It, it, it's just, you know, it, it, every, you know, why do we, you know, there's this obsession of putting everything, putting a label on every, oh, the best fans in baseball, or who's the better fans, what's the best baseball city. Um, I think it's awesome that, you know, Kansas City is a different baseball city than St. Louis. You've got tailgating in Kansas City. You've got this uh, cool retro, but also kind of uh, unique stadium that is unlike any other stadium. But St. Louis, what's well, different? It's a downtown stadium. You've got the you've got the Clydesdales. You've got the uh, you've got the the arch and the I mean, you've got the the ballpark village now. Uh, I'll say this about the Clydesdales. I wasn't happy to see them as part of the Royals. Uh, you know, World Series parade. Right, sure. I don't know who signed off on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, part of the cool thing about going to games in different cities is, uh, you know, getting to experience the game day atmosphere. You know, we went to several Braves games, uh, and uh, and I look forward to going to more than at the new stadium, which for whatever reason, they're building a new stadium. Right, uh, yeah. Well, we but, clearly yeah. we needed it, you know. Yeah. Because Turner you, Field you was must, just so old and decrepit, so. It was unsafe. It was unfit for for fans to you know to, to be associated with. I, I don't know how you put up with it for how many years you did. Oh, but, it was it was painful know. to say the least. I mean, clearly, I didn't enjoy Braves baseball during the Turner Field years. How could you? <laughs> hey, by the way, it's uh, un- uncivilized is the word that comes to my mind. Oh yeah, totally. Hey, by the way, um, so the Cardinals seven hundred and sixty two thousand Twitter Twitter followers. That's uh, five hundred thousand more than the Cubs. Um, and then uh, the only teams that have a lot more are the Giants, and then the uh, um Yankees, of course, with one point three million, and the Red Sox. So, so they kind of you know they're 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 middling around, I guess, on the on the Twitter spectrum. So, well, so did you say the Cardinals have have more than the Cubs? They have more than the Cubs. You heard it here first. Hmm. That, that surprises me. Yeah, Cubs currently just have... from the sheer volume, you know, from the sheer number of of uh, 
Well, there you go well, again with the dedication, though. I mean, there's 715 Twitter, 715,000 Twitter, Twitter followers for the Cubs, 726,000 for the Cardinals. But I'm willing to guess that uh, the greater percentage of the Twitter followers for St. Louis are in St. Louis. And it's it's more of a dedicated thing because the Royals only have about 400,000. But that's essentially the whole you know population there. And I think if uh, that, maybe yeah. some of your third and fourth generation Cardinals fans who are still alive knew how to operate Twitter, that number would go up uh, considerably. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so let's see here. Uh, all right. So last two years, we were oh so close to an I-70 series. If you had to do a draft right now and you could only pick players from the 2015 Royals or the 2015 Cardinals, the opening day projected lineup because half the Cardinals were injured come September. Um, what what lineup would you come up with? Well, that's a fun little exercise, and I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, someone posed the question recently uh, on social media: you know, How many Cardinals would even crack the starting lineup of uh, of the Royals? And so I, I got you know. I, uh, I got to thinking what that 25 man roster would look like. And, you know, in the starting lineup, at least I, I only really have two Cardinals cracking the lineup. Uh, and, and it does not even include uh, Yadier Molina. When I thought about it, I, I was looking more towards 2016 uh, and what that lineup would look like. And, and you've got to take some liberties there. You've, you know, who's going to resign and who's not. Um, right. I, I keep Hayward on the roster. I don't know. I don't, you know, I'd, I'd I don't know if they're going to resign him. I think it's probably less than 50-50, but um, for the sake of getting another Cardinal on the on the roster, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I kept him on there. Um, but, you know, if I'm running down the, the mashup lineup of, of both teams, we're going uh, Matt Carpenter, who's moving back to second base. Uh, you're, going to move him to, you're going to move him to second? You move it, well, that's, you know, moving him back to second, and that's where he played up until two seasons ago. Right. Um, you know, when he came up through us. So moving him back to second um, so we can keep um, Moustakis in the lineup. Yeah, who, that's uh, true. We got Carpenter, Gordon, uh, keeping him on the Royals, uh, and, and I think there's a good chance that he resigns uh, with Kansas City. Um, it'd be, it'd be kind of weird to see him go. I, I, know, sure. I know he's not – I know they're not thinking he's going to get any kind of hometown discount anymore. I think they were, I think they were kind of hopeful originally for that, but um, I, I, you know, for the sake of this, he stays. So we've got Carpenter, Gordon, Kane, Hosmer, Hayward. Um, we'll call it a DH lineup. Kendrys Morales, uh, a DH. You wouldn't put Sally Adams Perez. there. You wouldn't put Matt Adams in the DH. Mm, no, no, I, I don't No, Not what we saw this year from uh, Morales. And I'm not sure we sure. have, you know, you could argue Holiday in there too, um, and maybe that's you know, maybe that's uh, uh, you know, you, you worry about health a little bit with with Holiday, but we'll keep we'll say Morales just based on what he did um, in, in 2015. Uh, Perez, Mustakis, and, and Escobar at short. You got sure. you know that's seven Royals out of nine. Oh yeah. Um, you know, so with with a couple of close calls, but uh, you know. If if because I, I would have to agree, like just going around the horn, catcher the catcher's the biggest toss up, you know. If you really were drafting this team, would you want Yadi Molina right now, considering 
his uh, kind of injury riddled past few years or a young Salvador Perez? You got to, I mean, it's a no brainer. If you're drafting the team, it's For a the no brainer term, now, but you know, you, you know, if you're, if you're building out the 25 man, you've got Yachty on there, obviously as the, as the backup and, and, you know, uh, right. You know, okay. That's a good point. He's a, He's a, he's a team leader from a, from a bench standpoint, but you know if you're drafting this team today, it's it's you know Salvador Perez, and it's a it's a no brainer, um, you know. And then you, you know you look at a rotation of mostly Cardinals: Wainwright, Carlos Martinez, Jordano uh, Ventura, Waka, and Garcia. Um, assuming they don't resign Cueto, if Cueto comes back, he obviously makes that rotation. And you know Edison Volquez, that's a that's a close call too. You could you know you got question marks on the Cardinals with with uh, Martinez and and Waka. Um, but assuming but, healthy, uh, assuming healthy though, yeah, that that rotation will be dominated by the Birds. I mean, even you know, you know the, I mean Lance Lynn, he's going to be out all next year it seems. But they were so solid this year, and and in the absence of Adam Wainwright, that I think was the biggest testament to the Cardinal team. Um, but uh, yeah, and then on the bench though, I mean, you would easily have more Royals in the starting lineup, but so many more Cardinals on the bench. You've, yep, you've got Yachty. As the backup catcher, uh, Piscotti can play first base and outfield. Uh, Gritchick can play multiple outfield positions. You've got Dyson there from a from a late inning, uh, you know, speed uh, uh, replacement. Good and arm you got too. Long on there. Colton Long is the uh, is the utility infielder. Um, uh, he can, you know, he, he plays second, and I, I. You know, and, and for the sake of this exercise, he can he can play short as well if needed. Sure. Um, and uh, rounded off with the bullpen, uh, Chris Young, Seth Manis, Kevin Segrist, Herrera, Rosenthal, and Davis. Uh, you know, you don't you assume Holland doesn't come back. Yeah. Uh, for the Royals, at uh, I don't know where that stands um, post injury for him, but you know, Herrera, Rosenthal, Davis is a nice little seven, eight, nine. Um, Oh sure. Uh, to, to close out games with this with this team, you really you know the the bullpen is you could even probably add an extra bench player uh, and, yeah. and take an arm out of the bullpen because <laughs> I'm not sure this team's going to need you know six arms. But um, you know you got Chris Young in there, you can start games as a fill in starter um, when you know. So you're looking if you're drafting the All Missouri you know Croyles or you know Cardinals, <laughs> whatever you're going to call them you uh you've got a pretty solid looking roster um you know and it's and a couple of the positions up for debate too it'd be a fun exercise to uh to put out on on the running the bases facebook page and kind of see what, uh, what what rosters like everyone can come up with you know is holiday is holiday on the roster um he's probably the one omission that makes me think twice but i'm just not sure i I trust him from a health perspective anymore, right. but you know, you can say the same thing about a lot of these guys. I, I don't know. Um, it's a, it's a fun exercise and boy, if only that it was a reality, we could, we'd win the next five world series. in a row. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That'd be a good one. Rivalry mashups. That's a good idea. I'll give you, I'll give you a cut of that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> all right. So that's cool. Um, and yeah, of course, bullpen goes to the, to the Royals. Uh, given this, though, let's say that these two clubs met in the uh, separately now met in 2016 World Series or even 2015 or 14. You know, um, who do you think would have had the upper hand? The Cardinals had made it in against the Royals. Who do you think wins that series? The I-70 version two. <laughs> well, you, you, you got to hope the Cardinals do to even out for 
you know, I mean, should have won in 85. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, it's hard to say the Cardinals would have beat anyone based on their showing against the Cubs. I think the Cardinals yeah. just had run out of gas. Uh, you know, look at, you know, the pitching carried them through the season, and it it just – it just wasn't there anymore at the end of the season, end of the playoffs. It's hard to say they could have maintained the, uh, contain the Royals lineup. Uh, I, I just yeah. not sure I see it. You know, I think it would have been a fun series. Um, I think the Cardinals would have won more than one game in the series. Um, it's tough to say, um, you know, if they, w- Wainwright supposedly was going to start game five, uh, in the NLDS, if they'd gotten to a game five, would he have been able to actually start a game if they had moved further through the playoffs? I, maybe that changes it. I, I, I question that just from a, a stamina yeah. standpoint. But, um, you know, I, I think the Car- you can never count the Cardinals out, um, except when they're playing the Cubs in the 2015 NLDS. But uh, <laughs> they, they, I think the Cardinals would have struggled, to, which is why I'm glad uh, it didn't happen. I think the Cardinals would have struggled to beat the Royals in in 2015 because even Um, healthy yeah even healthy you know uh without all those key injuries they're essentially the Mets um and and the Royals would have just hung in long enough and 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 got to your bullpen so yeah most likely proved themselves they're 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 impossible to beat uh they're (laughs) they're impossible to beat uh in the playoffs the last two years you know you look back at just you know 2014 wild card game and and 2000 15 uh game uh four against houston i mean it, ne- it never should have happened we should be we, we shouldn't even be having this conversation right uh, you know if, <laughs> if if john lester of all people can can close the deal or you know and then man if the astros just don't completely you know carrera not fielding that ball i mean we're, we're not even having this that's how i don't want to call it a fluke they're a great team they're they're, they're, they're they deserve to be where they are but you know yeah. talk about just and you think the Cardinals have gotten lucky over the years. I mean, just with comeback wins and things breaking their way, everything breaks the Royals away. Yeah, but you got, you got to put team. yourself in this situation. So the Royals are a good team. They're going to have to be in that situation. Uh, so you can't really call them lucky because a lucky team is, you know, you give the, you put the, uh, you know, you put the Brewers in the playoffs this year and, you know, they go on a, lucky run and win the world series. well that's luck they, they didn't yeah. earn the right to be there the royals are good i'm glad i don't have to answer your your question of, <laughs> of uh, i'm glad we i'm glad we didn't see you know i don't know i like i said before i'm not sure i want to see a i-70 world series because someone has to lose it and i've got friends and family on both sides and i don't want to take that risk of being the one on the on the side that loses it all right real quick what what's what what would be more difficult to stomach Royals beating the Cardinals in an epic World Series, um, or the Cubs winning a World Series. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, what would be more difficult for for me personally to stomach? for you personally? Yeah, I it would be the Royals beating the Cardinals in a close series because I, I really I live in Kansas City and it's a it's a rivalry with between you know friends and family and and. Um, I don't. I would. I'd have to go hide away for you know until <laughs> until December after after that series. And I, you know, I, I can't imagine a you know, seven game World Series and it's you know an extra inning win for the for the Royals and just how how dramatic. And I I I don't want any piece of it. I don't want the option of it happening. That's why I don't want the I seventy series to to happen. And you know, I'm probably 
I would enjoy it. Look, at the end of the day, if it happens, I have no control over it. And that's the best thing you can do as a fan is say, I have no control over it. Yeah. I have no control over the outcome. Uh, if it happens, it's going to happen, and I'm not going to sway it one way or the other. And it'd be fun to go go to a game in St. Louis and go, you know, go go back to Kansas City and uh, to see a different game in that in that World Series. And it'd, it'd be fun, but someone's got to lose it. Um, and I'm um, I'm frightened of the possibility of that. That would be the Cardinals. Yeah, at this point, or certainly had it had they matched up this year. Um, yeah, you know it's interesting about the the quote unquote greatest fans in baseball. You could have made that argument about Philadelphia. You know, between I think was it between 2006 and 2013, they had the longest consecutive sellout streak regular season of of any team in baseball history, or something like that. Um, and you know, now they have a couple of down years, really down years and, and, and the stadium's half full. So, um, but, uh, I think, I think the one team that might be the luckiest would be the 2007 Rockies, you know, baseball is yeah. an odd thing. You really have to put the pieces together to, to, you know, to, to, to make, to be, you know, not only successful and in, in, into the playoffs, but then to make it to like an NLCS, ALCS world series. Football, you can really get lucky. Really, I mean, you, you get you get a team on the you get a good team on the wrong day, any given Sunday or Saturday in the in, in January, you can win that, and 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 even get to a Super Bowl. Um, but uh, baseball, it's a lot more difficult. But I'd say the '07 Rockies. I don't know, maybe maybe the Marlins in 2003, that that was just kind of lucky. But it, it, I, you never really know what to make of the Marlins when they're successful. Well, the Rockies didn't they? You know, they they pulled off twenty wins in a row at 21. the end of that season of twenty one wins to, to just to get in. Uh, and what 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 a again with apologies to to Will Novak, what a crap NLCS Rockies Diamondbacks. That, that, that's a that's a TBS NLCS if I've ever if I've ever heard of one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I think Sorry, the only thing Will. that. Sorry, well, with apologies, I think the only thing that would be worse is if like Tampa Bay played, I don't know, uh, <laughs> if Tampa Bay played Minnesota in the ALCS, like would that be worse in theory? I, I from yeah, a, from you, a you national the, standpoint, you know, by that, but by the time both of those teams would have gotten good enough to be there, they they'd have some <laughs> storyline behind. Oh, the you know the. The, the twins would have, um, you know, who's their stud young uh, player coming up? Um, just got called up this year um, uh, from Minnesota. Well, I don't know. They still got Brian Dozier there. That's 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 killing it. But uh, let me let me look that up real quick. Um, you know, he, yeah, he would be you know, the national storylines. You no, know, it would still be Buxton as uh, uh, Byron Buxton. Yeah. So. Okay. You know, look, and that's the that's the that's the debate. You know, yeah, the 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 Rays playing the uh, Twins would probably be one of the lowest rated, uh, just from a standpoint of where the teams are. But <laughs> storylines would de- would develop. I'm I'm sure of it. You know, it's fun to it's fun to play the games of you know, especially in the NFL, the potential Super Bowl matchups. Does you know, does anyone want to see Carolina Cincinnati this year? You know, it's got you know yeah. or. Uh, you know, it's a there, there's there's definitely a caliber of of matchups that are just random, uh, random teams playing that, that that no one wants to see, and it's you know like like we said before, it's it's uh, illustrated in the 2005 uh, uh, or sorry 2007 NLCS. That's a, yeah, that's, uh, that was pretty bad. 
Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's, it's funny because I'm a I'm a fan of the Tigers. They're one of those teams that I just kind of I don't know for whatever reason uh, like watching them, like following them. It seems like every time they're in the mix, it's it's just the the national interest drops so low. I think they have. Uh, two of the three lowest rated World Series in the last 30 years. So I think a Tampa Bay, Detroit, ALCS might might fall pretty low on the old Richter scale. Yeah. Who can forget, uh, you know, who can forget Bill Simmons in 2006, you know, <laughs> pronouncing that uh, congrats to the Cardinals for just having won the, the least watched World Series in, uh, in, in history. <laughs> you know, and that was Car- Cardinals-Tigers. Um, you know, I, I think, I, I think there's a lot of, I, I'm surprised at that, that the Tigers don't bring more of a, of a national, um, you know, they're a historical team, uh, been around forever and a lot of history there. I'm, I'm surprised that they, that that seems to be the case yeah, from a big, national perspective. Yeah. Big stars too, you know, especially, well, you know, it, that 06 was rivaled only by 2012 against the giants when they got swept, but it's a team that's got Verlander and Miggy, and um, you know they had this three-headed monster last year with Price and Scherzer. Um, but they got big stars, big faces of the game that grace you know video game covers and the like. But yeah, it's just it's bizarre kind of when they get to the postseason, the 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 interest wanes. Um, so all right, so look into next year, and uh, and then uh, I, I know I know you got to get back to to your regularly scheduled life. Um, looking ahead to next year in the Cardinals, uh, what do you think of the off season, uh, for the Cardinals? What moves do they need to make to stay competitive with the Cubs and pirates in your division? And then what of Matheny, your thoughts on, uh, Mike Matheny and, and how he's done thus far. Yeah. I mean, look, the Cardinals are, they're, they're always going to be in the mix with the way that the organization is, is currently set up. You know, Mosellock is, is one of, if not the top general managers in in the league uh Matheny Matheny's gonna win 90 to 100 games with the with the players he's he's being provided um my fear isn't that the Cardinals are gonna are gonna fade off you know I said before I I think it's you know and I hope I'm wrong here I think it's you're looking at a a Cubs division here um depending on what the uh you know and again it's all predicated on what the teams do i can't predict what's gonna happen this offseason but based on what we saw the last half of, of 2004 uh 2015 in the playoffs it's it's it, you'd be an idiot not to call it the cubs division um i i think yeah Matheny's gonna win his games uh, they're gonna be either in the division of the wild card hunt I, I don't think you can really argue that um but there's there's questions in the rotation um you know, especially now with Lance Lynn out, you know, I think the the focus was on Hayward and now I think they've really got to um, talk about going after a frontline starter, but, I, but they never do. Um, if I had to call what they're going to do, I, I think, I think there's a good chance they are going to resign Hayward. Um, they've got, they've got the financial means to do it. Despite of what you always think about the Cardinals and being, you know, kind of frugal. Uh, they do have a, a huge cable rights deal starting, I believe 2006, 17 or 18 uh, and there's some money coming in there I think they can afford Hayward as a as a cornerstone player uh, and if not if you don't resign you've got you know you've got Grichuk coming up you got Piscotty coming up they can both play outfield and there was this talk of them signing Chris Davis to play first um, which would then free up Piscotty to go to the outfield you know I think uh, you know, the Cardinals always though that the trades always come out of nowhere with this team. So it wouldn't shock me, um, as opposed to signing a free agent, uh, starter, they would, they would potentially move 
a piece that you might not expect them to move. I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me to see like a Colton Wong or even a Grichuk uh, move this off season. Um, yeah. You know, I, I uh, you know, but I, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, but they'll do what they always do. You know what I'm talking about? They'll sign like a, you know, they'll sign like a J.A. Happ or a, or a Doug Fister off the scrap heap and, you know, turn them into a 20 yeah. game winner. You know, it's just come to be expected. Right. Um, but, yeah, they're going to be in the mix. You know, you mentioned Mike Matheny. I like Mike Matheny. I think he's a, you know, I, I respect the guy as just a baseball guy and a lot of, he's done a lot for the game, um, especially when it comes to like concussions on, on players. He's outspoken in that regard. And I respect that. Um, but I, I, the game changes for him and it almost, you know, uh, it, it, it almost speeds up too much for him in the playoffs. He's, he's loyal to a fault, which, that can be great for the regular season. We won a hundred games this year. He's, he's never missed the playoffs. Uh, but you look at, you look at the playoffs, you look at, um, you look at Bruce Bochy or Joe Madden, uh, who Matheny has lost to both in the, in the playoffs. Um, and that's uh, it actually. Bochy twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he lost no, uh, Farrell in, uh, in Boston. We lost. Oh yeah, that's true. World Series. That but, uh, he's lost to Bochy twice, Madden and, and, um, and obviously the World Series with the Red Sox in 2013, but I uh, there's something there's been something every postseason under Matheny that it just makes you makes your blood boil because it's what could have been. You know, if Larusa had stayed, would we have another World Series? I, I have to say yes because we blew the 2012 NLCS three to one. We were up two to one in the 2013 World Series. You know, last year we, you know, who knows? I mean, we we, we did lose four to one last year, so I, you know, maybe that's the one we actually should have lost. But you know, I'm, oh, look, this is my fanship coming out. I, I think we have one more. I hate to say it because I like Mike Matheny. Um, no one in the or, you know, whether or not the thought actually happened in the organization, I, I, I think they should have taken a hard look at Joe Madden. Grew up a Cardinals fan, right? Um, yeah, you know. And, and, and I know that that's a tough decision to make to fire Mike Matheny after uh, after a success, and it wouldn't, you know, it's something that wouldn't have happened. But I'm I'm saying it should have happened um, because I think with with Madden you're getting a you're getting a true pure strategist, and with Matheny you're getting a you're getting a player's coach. Um, and uh, I'm not the only one that that thinks that way in St. Louis, and I'm happy to win 100 games every year. And but man, you're you're in it to win it all. And yeah, I, I question. You know, he needs, and he's gotten better. Is the problem? He gets a little better every year, uh, but he's done some some real head scratching stuff sure. in the in the playoffs in his first uh, first you know four years in the playoffs. And, well, you, you kind of said it. We were talking uh, the other day before doing this that. Uh, he doesn't. He he's too loyal when it comes to the postseason. Like he, it, it's like a, I think you might have even just said it earlier. But yeah, what, what, it seems like when it gets into the later innings and it and it comes time to make the bold move, he doesn't do it out of loyalty. You know, having Rosenthal still in the bullpen in uh, 2014, um, and uh, he he doesn't seem to grasp that in the postseason you have to win today. You know, Terry Collins, he, he did that same thing with the Mets. I mean, the, the, the why Noah Syndergaard wasn't available out of the bullpen in game five, who knows? He wasn't ready to win today and thus, you know, didn't, could have, 
I mean, what the Mets were ahead in three of the four games that they lost in the in the eighth inning. So, but yeah, I mean, it seems to me that Matheny is still lacking that. Do you think that given a few more years, perhaps he'll develop more of a killer instinct when it comes into uh, October? Because certainly Joe Madden knows that, like, if the game's on the line in the sixth inning, that's when you bring in your closer. He's he's old school Casey Stengel and even uh, Sparky Anderson on that. I, I hope he does. Uh, you know, you got to win today to play tomorrow. And, uh, you know, look at La Russa in 2011, the way he ran that bullpen in the playoffs. Um, you know, I think he really understood that. And I think Matheny, you know, I, I think he will. I mean, because, I mean, come on, at this point, like, when you evaluate your performance at the end of the season, and it's it's right there. Uh, every season it's right there, you know, and it's, he's, he's got to recognize it as an area where, uh, improvement is, is needed. Um, but you know, you hit the nail on the head. And as we talked about before, is he's a loyalist and, uh, you know, and then this year was Jaime Garcia not, you know, it's like, he doesn't, the, the quick trigger just isn't quite there yet. Um, you know, I, I, I hope he does figure it out as a fan speaking, I am sure to the rest of uh, the baseball world, they, you know, they hope he uh, doesn't figure out. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just keep keep going with those regular season wins. We're fine. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do agree that, you know, I think of the moves that they make they may make this uh, offseason. Um, and we're going to get to Coach and I will get to them in our uh, hot stove tour a little later on. Um, but they have, let's see, who do they have? Um, you know, people like Pete Cosma, John Lackey declined the qualifying offer. Would you miss him if he doesn't come back? Nah, look, he had a great season, uh, but I, he he wants uh, he played for cheap this year on a one year deal that was really only kicked in because of his uh, previous Tommy John surgery, and there was some lang- uh, contract language that made him play for the league minimum. Uh, I, I think he's looking for a three year deal. So you talk about a, a three year deal, man, he, for a guy that's already thirty seven, uh, yeah, I'm not ready. Especially with our our young. Our young arms are are there and hopefully there for the long haul. Um, I don't. I'm not gonna miss. I mean, uh, I'm not gonna miss John Mackey because you're not gonna build around John Mackey. If you're gonna give a, sure. a big free agent pitcher deal, you know, let's let's build around uh, a guy that's gonna be there and be in his prime. Um, Lackey had a great season and a, and a and a real solid, you know, game one start in the in the NLDS. But man, you just can't keep going back to the to the well with an aging pitcher. Oh yeah, and then the Cardinals—that's um, just that would be out of their character. They don't make moves like that, you know. They're always that might be the most infuriating thing is a very much a non-Cardinals fan at heart. Um, though I do respect them, as I respect you know anybody who plays the game of baseball, but they just never seem to make the bad trade or the crippling free agent signing. You know, even Gino as a, Martinez was the last, uh, yeah, was the last was bad a, one. Yeah, yeah, and, and maybe in theory the the drafting of JD Drew, but you took care of that pretty well. So yeah, I'd say we we did okay on the uh, the JD Drew uh, trade. <laughs> the Indian you know, result. We, we've got an interesting. Uh, you know, we've had some interesting trades with the Braves over the years. Yeah. Now this last one though is kind of interesting. I mean, you know, if Hayward doesn't sign back, then essentially you traded away Miller and then uh, potentially another great pitcher in. Um, um, What's the other kid's name? Oh, uh, Tyrell uh, Jenkins. Yeah, Tyrell Jenkins. 
Um, so hey, maybe maybe we get one in there on you for a change. So we'll see. But I do hold that the most valuable piece of the 2016 St. Louis Cardinals uh, won't be there until about June. <laughs> And he'll have a name that 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 does not belong on any single marquee. You know, it'll be John Q. Baseball player or something. So, yep, yep, some <laughs> some out of nowhere guy. Yeah. Yep. Well, peak. We, we, they're going to do it, whatever they do in the offseason. It'll be interesting. Um, you can always say that about the about the Cardinals. So I think yeah. you'll I think you'll one sign splash, a. Yeah, there'll, there'll be a splash, and it'll uh, and maybe an unexpected trade, but. You know, it's it's that fun time of year now where we all get to play GM and and uh, look. You know, I look forward to kind of seeing how it all unfolds. Sure. Well, all right. Well, Chris, God bless. This was great. So great to finally get you on the show, man. So, anything to to plug about your website before we let you go? Uh, for sure. Yeah, we uh, it's the holidays coming up, so a lot of a lot of dads, brothers, boyfriends, husbands in need of a of an awesome gift. Um, you know, I think uh, the manregistry dot com. Uh, is a great place to check out for uh, for those for those gifts. We've got barware, sports uh, licensed sports gear, um, accessories, any, anything a guy needs to to fill his uh, his uh, repertoire of, of cool stuff. We've got so um, it's a it, it's a it's a it's a fun fun job that I get to do, kind of testing out all the the latest and greatest in uh, in cool gifts and gadgets, and we've got it all on on the site. So I think your uh, your listeners should definitely head over and check it out. Yeah. I mean, these gifts, they don't just have to be for weddings. I mean, they can be for, for this time of year, birthdays. Yeah. Uh, what is the best selling item on the manregistry.com as of now or right now? You know what? Right now, currently, we've got some, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep to the baseball thing. We've got some uh, handmade uh, marble uh, coasters. And each one, each you know, come, they come in a set of four. Each one has a, a different iteration of your team's logo. For example, the Cardinals, they've got the traditional STL. They've got the bird on the bat. They've got a throwback logo. Uh, and then just the word mark for the, um, for the St. Louis Cardinals uh, spelled out. So that's, those have been real popular uh, this year. Uh, we, you know, we do a ton of business with the licensed sports, uh, you know, sports items. And, um, for the running the bases users, that would be my recommendation. So the only thing, the only problem is we don't stock any cub stuff. So that's, that's going to be a problem for our uh, Chicago <laughs> listeners. Ah, it's cold blooded and I love it. All right. Well, Chris <laughs> Easter, the, thank you so much. The website is the com. You can also follow him on Twitter at the man registry. Um, let's not wait till the next Gorlock reunion to do this again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm dreaming up all kinds of topics. You know, we didn't touch on, uh, we didn't touch on Madden football at all. No, we didn't. That could be a whole thing in and of itself. Our experiences squaring off against each other back in the day. They didn't end politely. <laughs> that's for sure. No, not, not for that tree you chopped down after, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think you were the uh, the the customer of the month in PlayStation Two controllers down at the uh, Slackers <laughs> video game store. So I, I had a uh, they knew be my name. <laughs> yeah, they really did. You had your own uh, you know uh, bulk account number. So um, yeah, man, we'll have to we'll get into all that, and I, we, we gotta keep you we gotta keep you in uh, on the show going into 2016 to talk more baseball, man. It was an absolute pleasure. Anytime, yeah, we we should definitely do it again, and um, I uh, I look forward to having many conversations with you this uh, winter of the hot stove action. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. So, well, all right. And uh, for our listeners out there, thank you as always for checking us out on the website, runningthebases.com. You can find this and all of our podcasts available for download on soundcloud.com slash running the bases or on the iTunes store. Follow us on Twitter at at running the base. So for Chris Easter, I'm Tucker Wells. This has been the running the bases podcast. We're coming into home and we're safe. Chris, have a good night, man. Thanks again.